the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Merrick Garland appoints a special counsel to investigate the handling of classified documents found in President Biden's possession. It is as clear as day what they are doing. What they are trying to do is throw a bone to the right. New York moves to ban all gas appliances in new construction. Shocker, they want to ban all petroleum, gas, whatever it is. An inflation report shows a decline last month, but the Fed may still raise rates. The question is going to remain if the Fed is really data dependent or is it headed towards that 5% rate, whatever the data may say. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Friday, January 13th. I'm Mike Scott. On Thursday, Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel to investigate classified documents found at President Biden's home and at an unsecured office in Washington from his time as vice president. Garland says the public must be assured the Justice Department will act impartially in this matter and will not show favoritism to the sitting president. This appointment underscores for the public the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters and to making decisions indisputably guided only by the facts and the law. Garland goes on to say that he concluded that the discovery of classified documents at the Delaware home of President Biden requires investigation. I strongly believe that the normal processes of this department can handle all investigations with integrity. But under the regulations, the extraordinary circumstances here require the appointment of a special counsel for this matter. The attorney general says his choice for special counsel will perform admirably. I am confident that Mr. Herr will carry out his responsibility in an even-handed and urgent manner and in accordance with the highest traditions of this department. The U.S. attorney appointed to the task is Robert Herr, who was appointed under former President Donald Trump. Julie Hartman, host of Timeless with Julie Hartman on the Salem Podcast Network, explains how the Biden's classified documents were found. According to the White House, the files were found by uh, Biden's personal lawyers in November of last year, November 2nd to be exact, while they were packing boxes for him at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. By the way, extra points to people who knew that then Vice President Biden had a think tank. I don't mean this to be snide. It's, it's a genuine question. Do other vice presidents have think tanks? And if so, what's the purpose of those things, think tanks? Isn't the uh, vice president supposed to be running our country instead of uh, working at or running a think tank. 
The Justice Department has said that it is investigating this situation while simultaneously the DOJ has appointed a special counsel to investigate President Trump's possession of classified documents. Hartman believes the situation is completely hypocritical. There's no point in belaboring this story. We all know it's hypocritical. The Democrats yawned when Hillary Clinton was discovered to have used a private email server while she was Secretary of State to send classified government material. But the FBI raided Trump's estate and not Clinton's house. President Biden admonished Trump when he did the same thing. We get it. The Timeless host believes the media is only covering the Biden classified document story in order to cover for his more egregious scandals. It is as clear as day what they are doing. What they are trying to do is throw a bone to the right and to the American people, since this is a pretty minor offense on the scale of Biden offenses. And they're trying to show we're impartial. We reported on President Biden uh, holding classified materials improperly. See, we, we're fair to both sides. We, we just don't go after President Trump alone. But given how the far more egregious stuff pertaining to President Biden they do not discuss, we're not falling for their little ruse here. Hartman says, in her opinion, if the allegations against the Biden administration are true, then the White House violated the First Amendment. So if the White House is working with Facebook to censor COVID content, or if the FBI is working with Twitter, as we know from the Twitter files, to censor damning information about the Bidens, that is a blatant violation of the First Amendment, and it is legally and perhaps criminally actionable. The top Republican on the House Intelligence Committee has requested that intelligence agencies conduct a damage assessment of potentially classified documents. According to new reports, New York Governor Kathy Hochul wants to make New York the first state in the U.S. to try and ban natural gas heating and appliances in new buildings. In her State of the State address, Hochul called for a ban of the use of fossil fuels by 2025 for newly built, smaller structures and 2028 for larger ones. New York would also prohibit the sale of any new fossil fuel heating systems starting in 2030. This comes on the heels of a law that was passed in 2021 in New York City that banned the use of gas appliances and heating in all new construction starting in 2023. Reporter Jessica Moore explains. Starting in 2023, natural gas hookups will be banned in all new construction under seven stories and replaced with electricity for heat and cooking. Moore says the bill was to fight climate change, but will add costs to many people doing their jobs. Proponents say the ban will significantly reduce the burning of fossil fuels, which drives climate change. Opponents say it'll cost the construction industry thousands of jobs and could lead to citywide blackouts. Moore says that the experts that have been consulted say the increased use of electricity will strain the grid and raise heating costs. National Grid says it does worry about strain on the power grid during winter months, and consumer analysts expect heating bills to rise significantly. Natural gas is uh, our most abundant energy supply here in the United States, and to take that out of the equation, it's just a, a simple matter of supply and demand. 
um, less energy available means more the cost of energy goes up for everyone. Developers negotiated a delay until 2027 for buildings taller than seven stories. The proponent of the citywide ban, Alika Apre Samuels, says that the ban puts people first. This bill was about prioritizing people yes. over profits and over properties. However, plumber Jose Incarcion says that... That'll be putting a dent on a lot of the workers in the city could be leaving people out of work because it's a major part of our work. Fox & Friends co-host Todd Pyro says the study that Hochul and the White House are citing was funded by green environmental activists. If you didn't Go. get the sense from the way we're handling cars and gasoline versus electric. Shocker, they want to ban all petroleum, gas, whatever it is. They want it gone. We had a chef on, Stuart, on my show, who basically said, we literally can't do our job in a restaurant without a gas stove. So there's that element of it. But also, Stuart, at the end of the day, with all the problems that we have in the country, where did gas stoves fall on your rundown? Pretty far below, you know, yes. at the bottom. This is ridiculous. They're wasting time. And also the study that was the basis of this was funded by an environmental think tank. Precisely. On Tuesday, the AGA released a statement that read in part a December 2022 report in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health linking natural gas cooking with asthma is not substantiated by any sound science. Intelligence experts are warning that the $90 billion U.S. spy apparatus is falling behind because it hasn't embraced what's called open source intelligence. Our Daybreak Insider Washington correspondent Donna Water has more on this story. Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee wrote recently in a report that the most useful early warnings about COVID-19 did not come from spies or intercepts, but from public reporting, diplomatic cables, and analysis from medical experts, in other words, open source intelligence. And the report says predicting the next pandemic or next government to fall will require better use of open source material. That doesn't mean that traditional intelligence gathering isn't important, but official and experts worry that the U.S. hasn't invested enough people or money in analyzing publicly available information. Donna Water, Washington. The inflation reports suggest that a rise in U.S. consumer prices may offer some hope that inflation is loosening its grip on the economy. In December, inflation declined to 6.5% compared with a year earlier. It was the sixth straight year-over-year slowdown. Steve Leesman of CNBC explains why it may not matter to the Fed. The battle here between the Fed and the markets, that's what it is about higher or lower rates. It heats up today. Have the CPI come in the street looking for headlines, CPI to actually decline. And it's unclear how much any of this is going to matter to really move Fed officials. Here's the expectations. Down 0.1% on the headline. It had been up 0.1%. That's the force of goods uh, prices declining. 6.5% uh, is the expected year-over-year, down from 7.1%. 
Core CPI seen up a little hotter, and that'll be watched very closely, up 0.3%, with the year-over-year again falling to 5.7% as higher rates in the past 12 months drop out of the equation here. The key to the report is going to be the tension between declining fuel and goods prices, still high rents and service inflation, along with stubbornly rising food prices. Close attention, going to be paid to that preferred indicator of Fed Chair Jay Powell we've been talking about. He focuses on services takes out food and energy and housing, looking for that part of the equation that is most moved by labor and wages. Leesman says the question now is, will the Fed be moved by the data points or will they stick to their 5% goal no matter what? Two different ways it can react here. Let's look at what it might be. The January-February meeting currently trades with about a 75% probability of a 25 basis point hike and a 25% probability of a 50 A hotter number could turn the market towards pricing in a 50. Cooler number could mean 25, and some folks have speculated it could mean the end of the rate hike cycle here. A hotter number, though, could push up the peak rate currently at 494, back towards 5 and above where it's been in the past. Even reduced expectations, you see that right there on the right part of your chart there, expectations for cuts or rate cuts later this year. Long commentary from the folks over at Mizuho, but I think it's worth it. Disinflation is underway, they say, but the market and policy debate going forward will be characterized by disagreement over preferred inflation indicators. When and at what level prices on the good side are likely to level off? And this is important here. What degree of slack in the labor market is required to see a greater moderation in core services inflation? Even after this number, the question is going to remain if the Fed is really data-dependent Or is it headed towards that 5% rate to stay there, whatever the data may say, with its decision tied at least as much to the jobs market, wage data, as it is the inflation report? Leesman wonders if the Fed is taking into account the balance sheet and a recession that many people are seeing. I had thought, I don't know, when we had a conversation probably six months ago, the Fed would need three reports. This would be really the third good reporter, especially when you look at the goods uh, or the core side of it, uh, if it comes out the way the street is expecting, uh, that year-over-year rate is coming down. But I think the Fed says, hey, it's a, a 5.7% year-over-year core rate. My goal is two. I can't be cutting rates here. I still need to be hiking. Uh, the question becomes how much it's incorporating the lagged effects of what it's going to do uh, or what it's already done, the balance sheet reduction that it's, that it's been going on, and, of course, uh, just the slowing of the economy that we keep hearing about in a variety of different metrics. The Internal Revenue Service is gearing up for tax filing season. Our Daybreak Insider Norman Hole has more from Washington. The official start date of the 2023 tax filing season is January 23rd, when the IRS will begin accepting and processing 2022 returns. The news comes after the National Taxpayer Advocate reported that the IRS watchdog is seeing a light at the end of the tunnel of the IRS's customer service struggles. That's because of the hiring of thousands of new workers and tens of billions of dollars in new funding provided to the IRS in the Democrats' climate and health law. The filing deadline for most taxpayers to submit their 2022 tax returns, file extensions, and pay money owed is Tuesday, April 18th. Norman Hall, Washington. Cancer deaths are down by 33% over the past three decades. That according to a new report from the American Cancer Society. 
And our Daybreak Insider, Bob Agnew, takes a look at the promising new numbers. A new study from the Cancer Society reveals that after peaking in 1991, the mortality rate from cancer has fallen over the past 30 years. The findings revealed Thursday estimated the decrease has led to 3.8 million fewer deaths in all. The study credits the good news to a decrease in smoking and better cancer detection and treatment. One thing that hasn't changed, lung cancer remains among the most deadly cancers, blamed for the highest death rates for both men and women. Bob Agner reported. And... Finally, the only daughter of Elvis Presley and Priscilla Presley, singer Lisa Marie Presley, has died. Breaking news, a sad update to a story with which we began this newscast. Lisa Marie Presley, the daughter of Elvis Presley, has died. The 54-year-old singer-songwriter was rushed from her home in Calabasas to nearby West Hills Hospital today after suffering a cardiac arrest. Lisa Marie Presley attended the Golden Globes with her mother just two days ago. Priscilla Presley released a statement saying Priscilla Presley and the Presley family are shocked and devastated by the tragic death of their beloved Lisa Marie. They are profoundly grateful for the support, love, and prayers of everyone and ask for privacy during this very difficult time. Early on Thursday, Lisa Marie Presley was hospitalized after suffering an apparent cardiac arrest. She was then rushed to the hospital where she later died. Reporter Lauren Posen has more details. This comes just hours after, or before rather, that Presley confirmed her daughter was rushed to the West Hills Medical Center here after suffering from cardiac arrest. L.A. County fires say paramedics were dispatched to a Calabasas home at 10.37 this morning following a report of a woman in full cardiac arrest. Now this is video from SkyCal. CBS has confirmed that's Presley's home. Paramedics were there within six minutes and immediately rushed the 54-year-old to the hospital. Presley is the only daughter of Elvis and Priscilla Presley. She was just at Graceland last Sunday celebrating his birthday. He would have been 88 years old. Presley has had her fair share of tragedy. In addition to losing her father at the young age of nine, the mother of four lost her son to suicide in 2020. Again, Lisa Marie Presley has died at 54 years old. She is survived by her three children. Lisa Marie Presley, who has been previously married to Michael Lockwood, Nicholas Cage, Michael Jackson, and Danny Keough, has three other children, actress Riley Keough, Finley Aaron Love Lockwood, and Harper Vivian Ann Lockwood. Speaking with reporters regarding the release of the 2022 film Elvis, Lisa Marie said that she was pleasantly surprised. The bar was high, and I wasn't expecting a lot. The first time I saw the film, I watched just gripping my chair, scared to death. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what Bat is doing. I didn't know who Austin yet. And I was like, I don't know what I'm in for. I let go of the chair about halfway through. And I was like, okay, I can breathe. Okay, okay. Lisa Marie Presley was 54. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. 
Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.